0: probably wondering, what's the big deal? It's just a name. But the Washington Post explains that our names play a big part of our identity and can define the success of our future. Yet even in the 21st century of the United States, there's still a cultural identity crisis within each immigration story. That's my main concern. We've adopted the dangerous mindset that because your name doesn't sound American, you can't be. An
1: American. Hi, friends. I'm Lyle Wiley, a high school English teacher and speech and debate coach in Thermopolis, Wyoming, and your host of the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. We are rapidly approaching the end of our speech and debate season here in Wyoming. The Wyoming State Tournament is but weeks away, and the Hole in the Wall District finished their nationally qualifying tournament this weekend. Congratulations, by the way, to all the qualifiers in the Hole in the Wall District. You're all an inspiration. I apologize for being slower with one clap content lately, but uh, things are quite busy with weekly tournaments and other school commitments. It is a wild time. I'm so glad that you, you and Spencer continue to create great and helpful content for extemporaneous speakers on the half hour podcast. It's great stuff. I hope you've all been checking it out. You'll notice that we've added some new one clap merchandise to our bonfire store. The June bug, the pug stuff is especially cool. Marcus Viney drew his pub Junebug as royalty on a coloring contest. And then Amy Wiley used Marcus's drawing to create some really amazing designs. So be sure to check it all out on our Bonfire Merchandise site. You can get to it on the website, um, or I'll put it in the show notes. Today's Speech Spotlight episode features Cheyenne East alum and super good friend of the podcast, UUUNN. Yu Yu was a four-year Thunderbird and a two-time Wyoming state champion in public forum debate, as well as a state champion in original oratory. And that's what we're going to be like looking at today is her original oratory. You all know Yu Yu from several One Clap episodes and her awesome extemporaneous series created with Spencer Travis, The Half Hour, which I mentioned earlier. She will be sharing two speeches with us on One Clap, but the speech that she's sharing with us today is from 2020, and it's called naming our identity a quick word about how to use these speech spotlight episodes well first you should enjoy an excellent and well done speech the speech spotlight is another opportunity for students to share their unique and powerful voice to an audience in an audio format Um, so sit back and enjoy some brilliance from our speech and debate community second you could consider how you might use this speech as a model for anyone who's looking to write and perform their own original oratories Third, these speeches could be excellent learning tools for coaches and competitors. You know, actively reflecting on what makes a speech powerful or effective or even flawed can help coaches and competitors add more tools and ideas to their own speaking toolboxes. Also, one more thing before we check out Yu's speech. Look for two upcoming episodes that will be companions to this episode. Another Speech Spotlight episode will be featuring her speech, Are You Sick of Me Yet?, And a long-overdue extended interview with Yu Yu is going to be on the podcast as well, in which she discusses her speech and debate experience, her original oratory, and a whole lot more. Until then, please enjoy Yu Yu's original oratory, Naming Our Identity.
0: On a quiet evening during the Song Dynasty, poet Su Su was drunk in thought. With his brother on his mind, he wrote about the mystical Moon Palace. Sue described the moon as a place of loneliness and solitude, but it was the only thing that could connect him to his brother, because even though they were far apart, they both looked towards that same moon every single night. Seuss's water melody poem became the inspiration for families and long-distance relationships, but it also became the inspiration behind one of the coolest and most unique names ever. You, you? And lucky for you, she's standing right in front of you. But things could have been very different. Because upon immigrating to America, I almost changed my name to Ashley. And I wasn't the only one that faced this dilemma. In fact, my whole family ended up changing their names after they immigrated. You're probably wondering, what's the big deal? It's just a name. But the Washington Post explains that our names place a big part of our identity and can define the success of our future. Yet even in the 21st century of the United States, there's still a cultural identity crisis within each immigration story. That's my main concern. We've adopted the dangerous mindset that because your name doesn't sound American, you can't be an American. Name changes are symptomatic of the bigger issue of undermining the identity of immigrants in the United States. But before we go and change everyone's names into Jane or John, Let's pause for about 10 minutes, and first, identify the issue with doing so. Second, name the implications, before finally, rediscovering our identity. Everyone's names has their own special meaning. For my mom, it was to continue a long lineage of Lees. But when she immigrated to America, one of the first things she did was change her name from Lee, Fay to Lisa. She realized to become the entrepreneur she always wanted to be, her name needed to sound more English friendly. All of a sudden, the name that connected her to her family seemed to just fade away. She did this without realizing the part it played in her identity. New scientist journalist John Hoyland coined this term as nominative determinism, which means that your name plays a crucial role in helping you develop a sense of your own identity. And if you have a name that looks or sounds hard to pronounce, then you'll understand when I say that those names are super annoying. (laughs) Yet it stems farther than pronunciations. Sometimes we end up accepting lousy nicknames or changing our own names. The most susceptible individuals are immigrants in the United States. According to the Washington Post, immigrants ended up changing their names for two key reasons. Accommodation, assimilation. For example, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actress Chloe Bennett changed her surname from Wang to Bennett in order to succeed in her acting career. Not surprisingly, if she didn't change her last name, then she wouldn't be the Sky Johnson that we know today. As the actress tweeted herself, changing my last name doesn't change the fact that my blood is half Chinese. Means that I had to pay my rent. And she's not wrong. Employers are less likely to hire someone with a foreign name, as the Harvard Business Review reports that among Asians, resumes with an anglicized name had a 21% chance of a callback, compared to only 11% when resumes had a foreign name. Which is why I wasn't surprised when the Asian role in Ghost in the Shell went to Scarlett Johansson, instead of I I don't know, me? Because I'm Asian? but really, we're making people choose between their career or or their culture. Instead of allowing immigrants to gain opportunities with their skills, we're telling them it's either our way or the highway. And rather than promoting diversity and appreciating different cultures, we've put immigrants and ourselves into a constrained box. While my mother adopted the American culture, my dad didn't even get the choice. Next thing we knew, Yuan Jin Lin became Jim. I'm not saying all name changes are bad, just the ones that are really bad. For example, in a Southern California elementary school, eight-year-old Facundo caused the teachers to hold an emergency meeting. In a school that constantly created American names for its students, Facundo had to be changed. They decided to take the Undo out of fuck Undo. Yeah, that didn't go so well. Thankfully, they ended up just calling him Facundo. Much like this example, the implications shine through when we don't even try to pronounce a person's name correctly. We end up undermining their identity for our own convenience. The Seattle Globalist reported a devastating incident of this at Columbia University. The Chinese international students residing there had proudly posted their birth names on their dorms, but the American students felt the need to tear down these name tags and target the individuals because of their race, language, and culture. Instead of being able to proudly present their names and express their culture, they opted to change their names and hide their culture to avoid being targeted. No matter how long or difficult the name, the impacts are just as devastating. Rita Coley, graduate professor at the University of California explains that actions as simple as mispronouncing someone's name can cause the individual to believe that their identity or aspects of their culture are inferior or an inconvenience. Out of all of my family members, my sister was affected the most. Upon immigrating to America during the eighth grade, she was constantly laughed at for both the pronunciation and the mispronunciation of her name. As a result, she changed her name from Li Jiajia to not Jane, not Judy, but to Cindy. On the individual, we've caused them to believe that their own culture is an embarrassment. And in our society, we've allowed actions that promote racism to continue to plague our world. Growing up in the United States, nine-year-old me believed my name made me stick out like a sore thumb. I did almost everything I could to bury my inner Asian. But even then, I still faced an identity crisis. I wasn't American. But now, I wasn't even Asian. Asian. Thankfully, I found a silver lining. We have to get out of the mindset that our options are just black and white. Instead, it's more of a gray. Let me explain. An immigrant will eventually go through this phase of their life and develop a better sense of their identity. Instead of only accepting their culture or the American culture, they find a gray area to stay in. It's exactly as the Seattle globalist finds, that gray areas are a good thing. Because rather than only accepting one culture, We're open to accepting all cultures. It's time for us to realize an immigrant doesn't have to be fully American. We can be both ethnic and American at the same exact time. But what can we do? Individually, we can each participate by using the acronym LPP. Learn, pronounce, and practice. When meeting someone new, or approaching someone with 18 syllables in their name, instead of just knowing of the name, we should make an effort to learn more about the name. Then, we must use the correct pronunciation to address the individual. And it doesn't just stop there, because we must practice saying their name correctly to address them later on. With more knowledge on a culture, and awareness on pronunciations, we can turn the tide of exclusivity little by little, And here is where that starts. Let's try something. In the comfort of your own home, I want you to try pronouncing my name. Ready? Okay, say, you, you. Is it really that hard? Okay, I'll admit, there are other names that are harder to pronounce, like Li, Jia, Jia. But a name like that doesn't deserve to be changed to Cindy for our own convenience. When it comes to cultural identity in the united states we still have a long ways to go but the actions we can take is as simple as taking the time to say someone's name correctly because if we can't even take this simple step how do we plan on taking the long and treacherous journey towards acceptance in a society where we promote diversity we've created a lot of loopholes that let us get away with quite the opposite It's time for us to realize this problem we've created, to take the necessary action towards solving it. Taking the time to learn, pronounce, and practice saying someone's name correctly can make a bigger impact than you think. It's as Confucius once said, that the beginning of wisdom is to call things by their proper name. Now that you know my name, what's yours?
1: Thank you so much to Yu Yu for sharing her excellent original oratory. Hey, be on the lookout for two more episodes featuring Yu Yu and her oratory expertise. Be sure to check out OneClapSpeechAndDebate.com, where I'll link to a video of Yu Yu's speech. The video is going to be another great resource for coaches and competitors who want to learn from Yu Yu's performance. If you have an idea or a request for OneClap Speech and Debate, shoot me an email at lawwiley at gmail.com or reach out on the OneClap Speech and Debate podcast website or social media, linked in show notes. Yeah, I'm a little bit busy right now, but I I promise I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I want to hear from you, and I want to hear your ideas. It's time for some shout-outs. Thank you to everyone who's a patron of One Clap, Speech, and Debate. Your kind gifts help me keep this show going. Thank you to Marcus, Lonnie, Debbie, Missy, Ashley, S., Ashley, M., Beth, Laura, Brenda, Aaron, Terry, Tina, Alan, Matt, and Joel for your continued support. And thank you to our newest patron, Aaron Loya. That dude is amazing. Check out our Patreon page, also linked in the show notes, if you'd like to join in support of One Clap Speech and Debate and partner with me on this journey. Thank you so much for listening, and best of luck to everyone who's out there competing in culminating events from One Clap Speech and Debate.
0: One Clap Podcast.